Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Oh my gosh, it is. Did you know because I have a unique connection to this reality and it's a beacon to someone like you who has such sensitivities? Yep. To listen to the show, find us on farmradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of Patreon, we had some word snappers from a patron last week. Oh my week. gosh, that's right. Yeah, Doug, you really nailed this one because those words were Dr. Stiltman, PhD, submitted by E.K. Green. Thank you, E.K. I feel like uh, I haven't got one in a while. And I that got it. Got that one. <laughs> you had the perfect setup with uh, the Doc Ock naming and everything. So, I mean, yeah. we're talking about naming doctors. There you go. <laughs> Timed I out know. perfectly. I know. Yeah. Sometimes we get word snappers words where I'm like, did you know what we were covering? Did you know what we would do? <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. It's worked out. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the last also in Spider-Man we're going to be covering for a little while because we were at right. We always, you know, we when a, we always do around like ten to thirteen episodes of a show, and this is the exact midpoint of Ultimate Spider-Man's very long twenty-six episode season. So we'll finish it out eventually, probably sometime next year, but. Um, right now, this is the last Ultimate Spider-Man we're going to be covering for a while, and uh, I can't say that it's going to be out with a bang. I mean, no. it wasn't it wasn't meant to be a finale or anything. Yeah. This is just our little finale. So sometimes that happens where we just the episode we end on is just sort of like, okay, that was an episode. And in this case, it's like, okay, that was an episode. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. one of the not, not not the worst, but not one of the strongest outings. But it'll be interesting to talk about. I think it to me, and I'm not surprised, but very similar to the Thor uh, guest yes. spot. 100 percent is so yeah. <laughs> if you remember us talking about that <laughs> yeah I remember us i mean do you remember i don't know i don't even remember that episode to be honest yeah. so like yeah, yeah what happened know. i don't know right right uh the episode we're talking about it is available on disney plus if you want to watch along with us we are of course talking about ultimate spider-man season one episode 13 entitled strange dr strange i presume you can address me as sorcerer supreme Yes, Spider-Man. Iron Fist. I'm impressed you're both conscious. Namaste, Doctor. It was your training that saved me. I found Spider-Man just before he fell too deeply under the spell. Honestly, Danny? This was the best you could do? A dull blade can make an excellent hammer. I heard excellent and dull. Am I offended or not? 
Destiny has chosen you to be here for a reason, Spider-Man. If you hope to fulfill your purpose and save mankind, you will have to do the impossible. Close your mouth and open your mind. Welcome to your nightmare, Spider-Man. No, not Uncle Ben. I had a nightmare. You and Aunt May were... It's okay. It's okay. We all have nightmares. They're not real. What's real are, are the dreams we make. How we live our lives every day. Sorcery may be real, but nightmares? Once you face them, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, this one is another case where Disney Plus has a different title. Disney Plus lists it as Strange Days, um, which, you know, I, I just whenever that happens, I just always assume it was probably a working title that just got caught up in yeah. the marketing and the files or whatever. Um, it is an interesting it is an interesting one because like Strange Days is like a play on something and then Strange it isn't. It's just like a short. So it is kind of interesting that you yeah. like go from like Strange Days. Hmm, maybe the kids won't get this. So <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> the kids have never seen the Catherine Bigelow. Movie. I still like it better because it's not just strange. I agree. I like it better. I like it better. I wish that that's what they did, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's not a choice <laughs> to just change it to strange, but. The synopsis per IMDb is when New York is plunged into a mystical sleep, Iron Fist and Spider-Man, who is at first highly skeptical, skeptical, oh my God, skeptical of magic, seek the help of Doctor Strange. In order to break the spell, the three heroes must face their own fears in the face of the spell's initiator, the extra dimensional entity known as Nightmare. Uh, that yes. synopsis honestly was fine. I'm the one who mangled that that time. <laughs> the original air date was July 8th, 2012. Uh, you'll recognize everyone who's worked on this because it was written by Man of Action, of course, and also James Felder, who wrote on the first Venom episode of this show. Uh, this episode was directed by one of our faves. Um, not his best outing, I would say. No. Jeff wow. Allen. Jeff Allen, uh, the guy who directed Doomed, Why I Hate Jim, and Freaky. Uh, the three wow. like most like bombastic Looney Tunes episodes that like we love that because they're just bananas. Um, this one really is just not not on that same wave hmm. wavelength whatsoever. Jeffrey, what happened? I mean, it didn't have as much to work. Well, uh, no, you know what? Actually, he had he could do literally. Well, he didn't write it, but they could do literally whatever. Visually, visually, <laughs> this could have been a. Sh I think that's one of my one of my. You know, we will get into this, but like one of my big criticisms of the episode is that like this could have been a visual smorgasbord, and yeah. they and for a show that like up to this point seems to just have an unlimited budget you know like they could, at least compared to other spider-man shows they could really have done whatever they've wanted in any, any animation style they really just seem to kind of half-ass all this dream stuff and magical yep. world things it's like here's uh here's your one hallway of doors and a lava lamp background and that's what you're gonna get it's like yep. not exactly I, inspired which is when, weird because dr strange should inspire when, when, or at least the the dream dimension should inspire. When the '90s shows, '90s '90s shows like Windows '95 effects <laughs> were a more visually interesting, like extra dimensional yeah. experience than this one is, then I feel like you've absolutely done something wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. I'm very surprised um, that that's who directed this. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, real bummer. 
Yeah. Well, we do get a Doctor Strange here, uh, and he is voiced by Jack Coleman, who has isn't one of our like big, you know, eight hundred plus credit voice actor people, but is definitely somebody that folks would recognize uh, from probably one of a few things. He was a main cast member on the original Dynasty. Uh, he replaced Al Corley in the role of Stephen Carrington for like 150-some episodes or almost 150 episodes or something like that. Um, and Stephen Carrington was is a notable character because he was among like the earliest depictions of a gay series regular, especially in a primetime drama. Some folks argue that perhaps like the first in a primetime drama uh, because there were gay characters, but they were mostly in sitcoms. So mm-hmm. kind of a big deal character for this guy to play and a big deal for that show to have that character at all in like 1981 or whatever. Yeah, that's very cool. I did not realize that that was a, you know, that was like a legacy that it was a part of. That's yeah. So cool. I, I didn't re- like I I don't know Dynasty well, but I do know that Dynasty has like a queer following. Yeah, I just oh, assumed sure. because it was like 80s um, Campy, like uh, camp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't realize that it actually had like a, a explicitly queer character uh, involved. I'm sure there's, and, and I'm confident in fact, because I looked a little bit into it, like there's certainly discussion about the character's depiction, but like for one of the first gay characters on primetime television, I'm not surprised. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, sure. because soap operas are always going to soap opera, I just wanted to include because this was a he was the second person to play this character. Uh, the explanation for why he suddenly looked different was plastic surgery following an oil rig explosion, which I love. I, I love that. Like only soap operas just... feel the need to sincerely yeah. explain that shit. You could just recast the character, but no, gotta yeah. expl- I mean, work it into the plot. I he guess. doesn't I look that different it. than the first guy. I can <laughs> tell so you that funny. much. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, what I recognized him immediately from me too yeah. uh, was playing Noah Bennett, the father of the oft mentioned cheerleader, Claire uh, in heroes, uh, Claire being played by Hayden Penetieri. Um, he also, uh, portrayed Noah in Heroes Are Born. So I guess he came back yeah. for that. He was one of the few that came back. Ah, okay. Horn rim glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite credit of his though, and I want to find this to watch it. And I don't know if you're familiar with it or if you've ever seen it, but, um, he was one of the main cast members of the short-lived Wes Craven created Nightmare Cafe, which starred Robert England, which I just, okay. I feel like Very I need cool. to watch that show. Yeah, never heard of it. I think it's like Sounds six cool. episodes, and I don't know where. It's probably just on YouTube at this point, but yeah, uh, I want to find it. Yeah, it sounds fun. <laughs> we also get Nightmare, uh, and once you know this, it's impossible not to hear it, but at first you might not because there's such a deep filter over it. Yeah. yeah. But the performance is is 100% him. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare is voiced by Mark Hamill, <laughs> and you can tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's kind of just doing Joker, but like with a really deep filter over it. <laughs> kind of done without the filter. I don't think, think I needed it. But I don't know. think they needed it. I also don't think it necessarily matched um, a lot nope. of what was going on. I get nope. why you would want to do it. I think it would have worked better in a spooky episode, and this isn't spooky. Nope. Didn't really match the yeah. design either. And also, like, why are right. you getting Noir Campbell and then, like, obscuring his yeah. performance with the filter? I like, mean, I don't... yeah, his performance is still good because, like, he's not, like, you know, he's not affected by the filter. But uh, it's a bummer that you get, yeah, like you said, you get Mark Hamill and you don't let him just, like, do his thing. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, uninhibited <laughs> there. 
yeah. also worth noting that's not the only character he uh, voices in this and i guess we'll mention him later but yeah. if you don't know mark hamill is luke skywalker and the joker in batman and the hobgoblin in the 90s spider-man cartoon thanks for the context yep <laughs> just in case you know yeah just in case you never know you never, never want know. to assume everyone has that's the true. same knowledge set that's true that's true <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well let's get into what happens in this episode and let me tell you it started in such a way that i was so excited yeah so and then they opening is great pulled the rug out from under me so fast so this episode opens on a monday morning after a long weekend of being spider-man and fighting crime and as peter gets ready for school he notices he has six arms yes <laughs> i was like i would have loved some build up to this but i'm i'm here for it i'm ready i know this show doesn't always give us exposition so i can't wait to learn how this happened and then aunt may knocks at the door and of course peter's like i can't let her see me with six arms but she just barges in and aunt may has a spider head for a head and that's when i was a little bit skeptical of what i was watching i was like wait yeah. hold on <laughs> Yeah, I like, I do. I, I don't like, think uh, this is what I thought it was. Right. I mean, because it's like, even even knowing that this was a Doctor Strange episode, like, if they wanted, you know, to have like a mat, like, if they wanted to not do the six arm Spider Man story, but like have a magical explanation and he has to spend the episode with six arms, I'd be here for that. They could make yeah. some fun jokes with it and do some fun with it. it was, yeah, um, I knew Strange a, was yeah. involved, so I figured he sought out Strange as a solution. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd be here for that. Kind of would have preferred that to the episode we got, really. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I do like the fun contrast because, like, Aunt May isn't acting any differently. If anything, she's no. like more doting than she's ever been because, you know, normally she's like a really cool aunt with a job. And yeah, like, I don't know if you guys know, but she's like really yeah, cool. In she's this like show. just super cool. Um, but then that, so they actually like amp up her dotingness and make her more like that classic, like, loser old lady that she absolutely <laughs> is not. Um, because she's like, let me kiss your temple, like whatever she says. Let me kiss your forehead. And it's just, it's it's funny to see like doting Aunt May with the spider head, just like completely unaware that she has mm-hmm. a giant fucking spider head. It's fun, you know. It's, it's great. It's classic stuff, yeah. It, 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 you know, I, I, I suspected something was off, but I wasn't out on that. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great, right? So mm-hmm. I was excited to see what we got. Then we get this other weird beat, which I guess started to kind of click things into place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because before Peter really can get a grasp on why he has six arms or why Aunt May has a spider head, Iron Fist crashes through the ceiling of his bedroom and punches Peter through a wall. Uh, and even, I think, as he's falling, his six arms are gone. And then he wakes up in class. So I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get where we're going. A little bummed, though, because I was into the six arms and the spider head Aunt May. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But I see where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in class, Peter tells Danny, like, I had a weird dream. And Danny was like, yeah, I know. And it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, he had six arms. Oh, it was a spider. Like, whatever. We, we got, I was there, too. Um, Danny explains that he was dreamwalking, that it took all of his chi energy to wake up just the two of them. Uh, they realize, looking around, everybody else is like fully asleep, out cold, not waking up at all. And as Iron Fist says, dreams are the window to the soul, and someone has slammed them all shut. I love the setup for that, because Peter's like, I have a feeling you're going to say something weird right now. And then Iron Fist says that. I yeah. still don't know if I really understand, and I don't know if we're ever supposed to understand the things Iron Fist says, 
I don't know if I understand this quote in relation to what is happening. <laughs> dreams of the winners of the soul, and someone has slammed them, slammed the, slammed the windows, which are the dreams yeah. shut. Would, wouldn't um, that mean that, like, if they, if they've shut the 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 access to the soul, is that what he's saying? Uh, he, I mean, I guess if you consider some people would equate the soul to consciousness, and they're not conscious because mm. they're all asleep. So, yeah, I guess so there you go. No, I think that they're just trying to play on a classic phrase, which is fine. I mean, it's, you know, and it's a it's when you don't think about it, it's an impactful well, line to like cut to credits from, you know. So here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, if this episode made more sense and maybe it will to me by the time we're done talking about it, I wouldn't have asked the question because <laughs> I don't know if it all lines up quite right uh, for me, but we'll see. Uh, everybody goes to sleep because of magic. Yep. That's oh, really that's fine. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> that part's totally fine. Yeah, we'll keep going. <laughs> we'll have a conversation. <laughs> so, you know, they suit up because obviously something bad is happening. Um, they hop on the uh, spider cycle. Um, the I only explanation this time is, I guess, Iron, Iron Fist, Fist is, is the ride on him. there as well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's carried people swinging before. Yeah, Iron Fist could have just draped his arms around yeah. Spider-Man's shoulders, and and Iron with Fist him. would be the least weird about it. No, he's and he seems like he's probably a very light man. He seems mm-hmm. very light. He, I'm sure he wouldn't be hard to carry. Yeah. Whatever. No, we got a fucking spider. I I do appreciate to give it credit. He's not just riding the motorcycle. He's like driving the motorcycle on a web line in the sky. Yeah. Which like it's kind of insult to injury because it's like you could be swinging on that web line instead of driving a motorcycle on the web line. But at least maybe they're doing maybe, something cool with it. You know, so maybe whatever. the web fluid for the spider cycle is paid for, <laughs> but his web fluid in his uh, web shooters is not. In which case I, I would also that. use. I, I don't either, but because <laughs> they gave him web shooters, they gave him like invisible web shooters, like that are high tech. Oh, they replaced I, his web shooters in the first episode. Yeah, they give That's him like right. those I big bulky that. ones that he can make yeah. invisible. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, this is why right, you don't yeah. just provide Spider-Man with tech from a government organization because like it just is all less cool and interesting. Yeah, but whatever. yeah. They could have at least thrown in a line of like we have to get there so fast. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I don't like it either. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, they're headed to the Sanctum Sanctorum. You know, we know why. Uh, on the way, Iron Fist explains that the cause of this whole, you know, the, this whole mess, the cause of the whole class, the entire city, in fact, being asleep. Obviously, it's supernatural. There's some magic stuff involved. You can't just put the entire city of New York to sleep and it not be something supernatural. Um, well, Spider-Man's, you say that, but Peter's like, nah, bro. Yeah. Spider-Man's like, no, I know I've been to Asgard where Thor turned into a frog, but magic isn't real. Um, I mean, it's whatever. It's like your Marvel Universe stuff. You've got to accept that some characters are skeptical of something. No, but actually, that's a good point, And that, that, that bums me out. Yeah, like I know that they don't necessarily deal in continuity very much in this show, but it is irritating that in that episode, which happens before this episode, he really doesn't ever question anything that's happening. Right. And in this episode, it's sort of a core piece of his personality for the storytelling for him to question it all. It's all episodic in the or it's like so much of it is not serialized that they don't they're not interested in that. But Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah striking there is something weird too though where it's like i feel like thor and asgardian stuff like it's sort of not considered magic in the same way that doctor strange magic is like there's like a mysticism aspect to doctor strange's magic 
that's not present in Thor stories because it's like, oh, well, you know, they're just from another dimension and this is just their basically their superpowers are, are yeah. you know, Norse mythology magic type stuff. That's kind of like a, a Marvel Comics thing, right? Like cosmic yeah, yeah, powers right. are different than mystical powers. Yeah. So I yeah. guess. So I think if, that's the explanation for it. I could and buy I think, that, yeah. And I do think that that's like. That's a suspension of disbelief thing you just have to have in the Marvel universe of that differentiation. Yeah, and I'm fine right? with that. You know, if you're doing if you're doing a universe where like all things are true, you're just sort of like, you know what? Some people are just arbitrarily skeptic of stuff because you have to be skeptic of something. You have to be skeptical of something when everything is real, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, and people Spider-Man in real does life, say like there has to be an explanation for it. It's not even that he's just saying like, I mean, he, he probably does say this outright, but it's not that he's just like dismissing like the, like what's happening around him. He just doesn't buy like, Oh, it's magic as the explanation. Yeah. I mean, and like to his credit, you know, the more you think about it, I think you can kind of rationalize it even more. Cause like, it, yeah, he, he's not saying like, like he's giving alternative explanations. Like, it's funny. Like it's a sleepy time, Ray. It's like a nighty night tea, like, which is like jokes, but also it's like, this is a world of supervillains where a, a giant Ray that puts everyone to sleep is a totally like justifiable explanation uh, to be, you know, in, in Spider-Man's defense, there is no evidence to the contrary that this couldn't be a ray that got shot into the city that put everyone to sleep like it doesn't necessarily have to be magic the i mean the, the step too far is where he's saying like because magic doesn't exist you know like it's that that's what it's just sort of like okay dude you went to asgard though well, like <laughs> to be clear like i'm not criticizing spider-man for not believing in magic in this it's more just like sure. the the show like the fact that the show is not interested in like really the episode order as far yeah, as yeah. like storytelling and stuff like i like when peter parker doesn't believe in magic i think sure. that's a great dynamic like i think he is the one of the best characters in that universe to be the sort of like stubborn scientist mm-hmm. um, and until he ends up in situations like spider-verse in the comics mm-hmm. it's like the perfect sort of foil uh, to anything that is very, very mystical is to have Spider-Man there being like, mm, I think there's more to it than that or having him yeah. like grapple with it. So I'm fine with it being in here. Um, I just yeah. hadn't even considered the fact that he literally just went to Asgard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, I think they have fun with that concept of Spider-Man's character in this episode. So like, I'm yeah. willing to buy it for, for the sake of the conflict of this episode. I totally buy it to like, yeah. to be clear, I totally like in, like in a, in a vacuum, I I want Spider-Man not to believe what's going on. Like this sure. is that's exactly what I want in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, you know, I, I I it's also not lost on me that like we've been asking for there to be like an Iron Man in Iron God damn it. I did an Iron Man. Ah, it wasn't it, me this time. Yeah, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> I, well, honestly, really both Iron Fist and Power Man, we've needed episodes for both of them. Yeah. I think that the episode after this might be a Power Man episode, so we'll get to that in like a year. But the fact that, like, we've been waiting for an Iron Fist-focused episode, and we do finally get it, and, you know, we can have a conversation about whether or not it handles him as a character well, but I do think positioning him in conflict with Spider-Man in that he is, like, my whole power is based in magic. Like, you see me punching stuff, but I'm actually using, like, energy that I that I know is, like, based in mysticism and putting that in conflict with Spider-Man who just doesn't believe any of that. I think that's a smart thing to do if you're going to have an Iron Fist, an Iron Fist focused episode in a spider-man cartoon agree the premise for this episode chef's kiss yeah yeah yes 
uh, we will talk about the execution. Um, I, and of course, you know, while they're talking about magic and stuff, Spider-Man, of course, throws out and it penetrates and binds us uh, joke. That's like a reference to the force, which is that goes right over Iron Fist's head. It does. And it's obviously, you know, Mark Hamill is in the episode. So yeah. it's funny that they, you know, throw that out in this episode of all of all times. So, yeah. I wonder, it's got to be there because the show lasted for so long and I, and I know it has a dedicated fan base. I want to see, maybe I'll look up, see if I can find it, the fanfic where like Spider-Man is introducing or, or Peter is introducing Danny to like popular movies that Danny I is just that. totally unaware of. That's like a whole genre of fanfic. It has to exist for this show. That, yeah, I love that. I mean, I can <laughs> see that being a thing that they do in this show as a they could easily, honestly. That yeah. they, like they could easily do that. Yeah. Oh, that's how this episode should have ended. Oh, that would have been such a good ending. <laughs> I don't even remember how this episode actually ended in real life. We'll figure out how we get to yeah, that. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. <laughs> oh wait, now I remember. Yeah, your ending would have been way better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We also get an Uncle Ben flash. Yeah. Is this the first time Uncle Ben has been shown speaking on this show? I think it is. Ooh, that's a great question. I should have paid more attention to that. I think we've seen him. I don't think he's spoken. I wish I had thought of that. This is the first time that he's spoken. And, you know, he doesn't say much like he's his, his words are more impactful at the end of it. But like, yeah, I think this one scene of him just like doing close up magic to a child, Peter, is like <laughs> the first time we hear Uncle Ben speak, which is kind of a f- funny if you think about it. Like, oh, there's your introduction yeah. to Uncle Ben. Um, his voice actor is Greg Grunberg. Um, oh, my God. I, you beat me to it. I was looking yeah. to see who it would be. And I'm yeah. so disappointed I didn't look into that because I love Greg Grunberg. I love him. He's a very hot man. It's also Agreed. funny that he's in this episode because he was in Heroes with Jack uh-huh. Coleman. And yep. he wasn't yet, but then he would go on to be in Star Wars with Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. So, like, the trifecta is complete with yeah. Greg Grunberg. And I think he's a, I, I think that's a fun casting choice for Uncle yeah. Ben. I think yeah. it is. I like him a lot. I think it's, like, a perfectly adequate casting. I don't think it's outstanding but he does yeah. a good job well i mean he doesn't have that much to, to do really yeah. but also like i feel like they're going for the the sort of like younger kind of cooler uncle ben that <laughs> Patton oswalt's <laughs> uncle ben in 2017 wanted to be uh, but like you couldn't get past him being pat and oswalt this like yeah. i couldn't tell who it was i had to look up those greg grunberg and then it's like oh okay now i hear it but like greg grunberg does have like he his voice is like anonymous enough when he's voice acting mm-hmm. that like it's just it sounds like a guy you know um yeah and i and i think that 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 sort of more fun version of uncle ben i think that that works well for what they're doing here i also love the idea that uncle ben is doing close-up magic to peter who in a lot of depictions is nerdy from the jump like is very yeah. science oriented science fanboy from the jump so the fact that one uncle ben is doing like close-up magic which peter I guess in this version is like fascinated by, but in other iterations, I'm sure would find corny because it's like not magic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's something fun about that dynamic. I think that's very cute. I actually think Patton Oswalt's version of uncle Ben could have pulled this off very well. Cause their whole yeah. thing is like him being like, uh, I don't really get science, but I know that you're a good kid. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Yeah. Damn. How exciting that's Greg Grunberg. Right. Love it. What a beautiful man. 
Mm-hmm. Also, we get in addition to the the force reference, we do get the uh, the sort of famous uh, is it Arthur Clark? What is Arthur? Shoot. Arthur C. Arthur C. Clark? Yes, yes. Uh, quote of uh, it's it's sort of a it's not exact word for word. The way that Spidey says it is anything that looks like magic is just science we don't understand yet. But I do believe that comes from Arthur C. Clark, and it has been used in the MCU as well. It has. It has. Um, yeah, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is from one of their future episodes. I think I, I've gotten deja vu. Maybe I've brought this, maybe I've made this reference on this podcast before, but I don't know. What is it? One of my favorite Simpsons jokes. It's like one of the future episodes. I think it might be the Lisa's wedding episode. I'm not sure, but one, maybe not that one. One of the episodes where they are in the future, um, they're like, you know, they just do, they just, they start playing around with like, you know, future tech and like fun, mm-hmm. like Jetson-y Futurama type sub devices and stuff. And Mars just says, man, life has been so much easier since scientists invented magic. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like it. I love it. <laughs> so they get to the Sanctorum. Uh, Spidey, you know, is surrounded by magic stuff and still dismisses everything. Um, there's like eyes on the ceiling. So we get our eye stuff of this episode. Um, there's like a, a box that just has a bunch of tentacles in it as Dr. Strange things always do. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, throughout it all, he's still like, eh, it's not real though. It was, those are fake tentacles. And that's when Dr. Strange shows up and greets them before we go further. Yeah. Dr. Strange's design. Uh-huh. Well, really, I mean, his costume is just typical Doctor Strange. This poor man's hair. Look, what is with this show okay. no, loving, like, unwashed, <laughs> unwashed long hair in people's faces? I don't understand. I don't was know. Was that a thing in 2012? I don't think that was a I thing don't think so. <laughs> I would associate that with, like, 1994. Yeah. Like, grunge hair. You know what I mean? Um, no, I, I feel like his costume is cool. Yeah. I don't necessarily love Dr. Strange costumes all the time, but it's like an amalgam of different versions of Dr. Strange's costume. So like, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Also, what's weird is when he's not in his costume, cause he like, he, they don't greet him in his costume. His hair is fine. What, like it's when he tra- quote transforms yeah. or like puts his costume on that he ends up with like the sort of like greasy stringy hair in his face. And I'm like, why did you do that? He looked fine. Yeah. <laughs> he really looked perfectly normal. <laughs> Has Doctor Strange ever looked like that? In the yeah. He's had yeah? some weird he's had okay. some weird looks. I don't know. Yeah, he's had long hair for sure. I don't know if they ever did like like straight up in his face like this. Mm-hmm. Uh but neither I don't think Otto has either. So they just like doing that. Okay, well I'll give you a choice. Um in mm-hmm. would you choose would you rather Would have, I rather? <laughs> would you rather have this Doctor Strange's like long greasy messy hair in his face or Benedict Cumberbatch's like the worst wig that he's had in any of the Do- Doctor Strange movies? Oh, worst wig by far. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I tried. I don't like the the stringy greasy hair look in this cartoon especially it, yeah. i don't know why it bothers me so much benedict cumberbatch with the greasy <laughs> stringy hair <laughs> wonder oh, what no. that would look like <laughs> oh no <laughs> upsetting <laughs> i love a bad wig <laughs> yeah that's true you can sort of enjoy enjoy the badness yeah. of it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just don't understand how he got messier when he transformed like that, that's that's what's mean- weird to me well, clearly it's magic, Doug. I mean, <laughs> yeah, magically tie up your hair, you bum. 
<laughs> he's using magic to make himself look more showered than he actually is. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. God, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is where what I said comes from. Because when Strange meets Spider-Man uh, and asks, like, oh, my gosh, like, Danny, I get why you're here, but how is Spider-Man here? And Danny's like, oh, well, I managed to get him before he fell too deeply into his sleep. Uh, Doctor Strange comments, comments, Doctor Strange comments that Spider-Man is uniquely connected to this reality by energies that would act as a beacon to someone with sensitivities like Danny's. And at first I was like, this is a very interesting quote to me because I know that this show will eventually do Spider-Verse things. And there is precedent for Peter Parker of whatever universe he is in. And this is meant clearly to represent the 616 or 1610. It kind of borrows from both. He's significant in both of those universes. And in Spider-Verse tends to be significant in whatever universe he exists in. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is interesting. This is a building block. This is a foundation. This is something they could build upon. And I guess they still could. But it was weird that then Doctor Strange clarified that he was referring to Spider-Man's spider sense. And that is like what he was seeing as an aura. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't feel as uh, significant or open to possibilities to me. Because like any... Spider person is like, not all, but most of them are likely going to have that same sense. I think you're just, I think it's because you are thinking with like for, with, uh, you know, with hindsight for it. Yes. Um, I mean, had, had Spider-Verse come out yet? 2014. So I don't think so. Yeah. So it's not like they were thinking of that and setting it up or anything. It's this, I've done this many times. I, it's so hard to think of a world. I know that we existed most of our lives without it. But Spider-Verse was, like, such a significant event. Like, it's hard for me to forget that it isn't older. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's less than 10 years old as an event. uh, But it feels like it's so deeply affected Spider-Man mythos. uh, Yeah. It's so hard for me to remember that it didn't didn't happen yet. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. It came came and it came hard. And so, Mm -hmm. like, it's sort of, like, very quickly implanted itself as part of the Spider-Man mythos still happening right (laughs) it has not stopped happening yeah um but that quote really felt like something that could lead into that uh if it was something they were actually planning for i think it it happened (laughs) i think it makes sense that like you you expect it to be more impactful and important than it really is because the reality of it is really just like this is their explanation for why Spider-Man is, is involved in this Doctor Strange story. And it also because Spider-Man is the main character of this cartoon. Yeah. So like it's, you know, I don't think, you know, it's not meant to be anything bigger, but like you could easily read it as something more important yeah. if you wanted to. I think you could argue that it's very similar. Um, I, I think you could read it very similarly to the explanation for Infinity War spoilers incoming. I don't know how you could not know this at this point. Come on. But like, <laughs> The, the idea that Spider-Man's spider sense is the reason he was able to be more aware of what was going on longer yeah. than other people. Right. Because Danny does say, like, I got him specifically before he got too deep into it. And then the whole, like, uniquely connected to this reality. So I guess that's the explanation there. Yeah. Um, and I still think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I think it, it is still opens possibilities because it does kind of I mean, honestly, as as hesitant as Spider-Man is to accept mysticism, it mm-hmm. kind of places him right within the intersection of it. Like 
hey, you might not believe in mysticism, but your abilities actually intersect you with what we do in a very specific way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's right. And I think like it's a smart way to involve him in this, too, because like I would have accepted if it was just. Spider-Man happens to be the person he woke up because it's a Spider-Man cartoon. But I do like that the way that they justify it in Spider-Man's entire like major superpower. You know, I I think that's a it's a smart it's a smart narrative choice. So Strange explains what they're up against. He basically says if Nightmare, the self-proclaimed king of dreams, uh, who is also trapped in the dream dimension, somehow finds a way to the waking world, he could put everyone into an endless sleep dooming them to suffer their worst nightmares, which would feed nightmare for all eternity. I do have questions about this. (laughs) What's your questions? (laughs) I went back and forth a number of times and rewound this a couple times because everyone's already asleep. So I don't think it necessarily matters that much, but I, it was bothering me. They will eventually go into the dream dimension to find nightmare but it does feel like I, I believe Strange said that he already somehow found a way to affect the waking world, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening. So, like when they yeah. eventually meet up with him, is he still trapped, and they're trying to prevent him from getting out, or has he already gotten out and he just went oh. back to the nightmare, like back to the dream dimension? You know, I, that didn't even really occur to me because I I was just kind of going with like. He just lives in the dream dimension and is just sucking all the uh, the energy to get stronger from Earth, but he doesn't need to like physically be in you know Earth's Which reality. He can be in the dream dimension, but makes perfect sense to me. But they show him in Doctor Strange's explanation being out into the wake, like out in the waking world. I I mean I guess I didn't take that literally because you're talking about the image of him like like over top of earth like absorbing all the energy from them right or do they know like standing on a building oh never mind okay <laughs> a new york city that. building <laughs> i guess i forgot about that yeah because i took it more like access to the waking world but i mean they i guess they do kind of literalize like physically being there so that is kind of confusing yeah i guess i am i'm i'm i don't have an answer for that yeah. i didn't think about it that way it's weird because um, they set up this this dichotomy of the waking world which follows certain laws uh that we would be familiar with right and then the dream dimension which doesn't seem to follow really any laws and i love that dichotomy i think it's really fun sure um and that to me would explain why he as this sort of like very powerful mystical being cannot be allowed into the waking world where certain laws are like need to be upheld by the the strangers of the world you know or of the universe or whatever yeah Um, so i just thought this was confusing i don't know if it really matters but it kind of does because there's not that much to talk about in this episode that is sort of like the crux of what they're doing so i would like to know if they are just if he now has free access between the two worlds and they are just trying to stop him because he can do that or if they are trying to prevent further harm by keeping him from getting into the waking world yeah i feel like those are the stakes (laughs) yeah it is kind of weird that that's unclear though i mean because interesting because like a lot of this does feel like i know that you know these are things that are kind of intertwined but like a lot of this feels like riffs on like sandman like the actual like neil gaiman sandman because i don't know is there a way you can give me a very quick crash course because i mean just i don't know all that i mean i not you know not a lot of explicit stuff but just in that like a lot of 
conflicts from Sandman is like these like dream characters or like the endless, you know, these sort of like extra dimensional uh, characters who don't live in like, you know, the earth's reality, like venturing, venturing into like our reality and living there, you know, and spending more time there and affecting us more directly than they mm-hmm. should be when really they should just be doing their jobs and affecting us from, you know, their, their dream yeah. dimension. And it's a very similar sort of thing where it's a sort of like, we can't let this, you know, more like this abstract figure into our reality because it's going to you know harm us right like there's i mean you know one of the the tv show i think does it even more than the comics does where it's just sort of like here is this one like nightmare that has escaped the dream world and has now like become a serial killer in our world because he has all this power and everything and it just and it you know yeah an abstract concept should be able to do that so i think they're definitely sort of riffing on that i think even nightmare looks a lot looks a lot like the comics uh, design of Morpheus in this. Yeah. So I think there's like intentional, I mean, you know, they're intentionally riffing on that. But, I think but part all of the reason that's... I'm curious too is because I love all that. I, I think that's yeah. all great stuff. I love, I love Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's a terrible guy, but like the fact that he's a killer <laughs> who do. specifically exists in dreams and can kill you that way. Like, I think yeah. that kind of shit is cool. So like yeah. the, the lack of clarity on like, how is nightmare already able to affect the world if he's trapped? And if he's not trapped, why is he not already done what he was doing? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. defining no, I think the stakes, I think matters because, <laughs> I think because it's a pretty Sam, big deal to not clear, like clearly define yeah. your stakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, yeah, I agree. This podcast does not condone the actions of Freddy Krueger. Uh, we think that, <laughs> you know, you really should not kill people in their dreams. Like we, well, you, though, it's not even just that he's a, he's like a, a, a slasher. He is a, he's he, like a, he is a problematic like a figure. <laughs> He is a problematic figure fundamentally like, yeah, but prior to being a serial killer, I think you can be a, (laughs) you can be a pro it's, he's a problematic fave, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just thought that was funny. It's sort of like, it's like, I don't agree with what he does, but I love him. (laughs) Okay. Obviously any slasher movie villain is a bad guy. I know that. But no, some of them are funny. like real world it's just like funny within their I own universes. Think, I don't think anyone would have batted an eye for saying I love Freddy Krueger because like everybody loves movie villains, so it's funny like you that you kinda should. <laughs> I feel sure, like some people are weird about how much they love Freddy Krueger, and I just don't want to be one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll be weird about Michael Myers. I'll be weird about Jason. I don't want to be weird about Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Jason fully condoned everything he did. Those those counselors deserved it, really. Um, but, God, what was he even saying? Someone's going to correct my Freddy Krueger mythology. Whatever. No, he care. was a fucking... Yes, he was a, He was like a child molester. I think that was that's, absolutely I, his, yeah. his backstory, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's not wrong. You, you had and that all like, right. was like burned alive by his... his mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many movies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen um, them all. Did they retcon it? Who knows? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they did, actually. Um, I was going to say, no, I think it was like the Sandman stuff. I brought it up because like the, the rules, even as like sort of uh, kind of abstract as those, as, as those stories sometimes are, just with how mm-hmm. they play with stuff, the rules are usually pretty clear. Like the I narrative think have to make stakes are really cl- are pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and so it is sort of weird that they're like, 
unclear here. It's just like nightmare is bad. And he put people to sleep and it's stealing their dreams. It's like, I mean, okay, like that mm-hmm. could be enough, but you also establish this other angle of the difference between these two worlds and being trapped there. And like, you do kind of have to make it like, yeah, I think to your point, like, are they trying to stop him from escaping and want to trap him, which they think they do at the end of this, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or do they just need to just defeat him because he's becoming too powerful and you know, that's the only way to wake up people up. And it could be both of those things at the same time, but like, it's not really clear. And I do think that part of the problem with this episode is that they do just spend a lot of time just in this hallway of doors with the lava lamp background and don't go anywhere else. If there was a threat of him going into the physical world that they have to stop or if they did go into the physical world and weird shit started to happen that could have inherently made the episode more interesting and they kind of just choose the most like kind of basic boring version of the story that they could be telling i feel like they really wanted to open the episode the way that they did and it kind of like undercuts their stakes because like i get why it was fun to start with the dream it was cool to have iron fist dream walking that sort of stuff uh, but the fact that they're all already asleep, I think, really complicates things. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also funny. Could there have been like, like a, a, a vision? Could Iron Fist have had a vision or something? It's that also warned funny him of what was going to happen or something. That pe- there's uh, people is they're apparently dreaming like their worst nightmares. So Peter's worst nightmare was to grow six arms and for his aunt to have a spider head. Like that was his worst nightmare. I can understand I guess if it was six enough. arms and she walks in. Yeah. But I don't understand the spider head part. I guess maybe it's he's not deep enough. He wasn't deep enough into the nightmare yet because I mm. guess he gets to what nightmare thinks is his true nightmare later on. So I, yeah, I, I can explain yeah. That. it was just a funny thing to think about. It's sort of like, I don't know. That didn't seem like that bad, but all right. <laughs> I kind of get it. Him turning into a spider so much so that he couldn't keep his identity a secret anymore. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I buy it. Yeah. I don't get yeah. the spider head, but I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway indeed (laughs) uh so strange also explains so we got that little explanation of like how he uh how spider-man is connected to this reality what nightmare is up to or what the the possible outcome could be and of course spider-man is like i don't buy it because he's not buying any of this um and i love this moment where strange turns to iron fist and is like this is really who you chose to bring along this guy who doesn't believe anything we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> and then funny. he specifically tells Spider-Man, you're going to need to do the impossible here. You're going to close your mouth and open your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so good. It's good. <laughs> and on the topic of nightmares, strange brings them all to the dream dimension where Spider-Man then like peeks in on all of his teammates nightmares, which no one seems to think is an invasion of privacy. No one stops him from doing this, um, which is interesting. It doesn't really matter, but I feel like that's such a staple of like, if you could see up like inside other people's minds, would you, or should you? Yeah. Um, but it gives us our opportunity for, I guess, the equivalent of cutaway humor because there isn't actually that much cutaway in this in this episode. No, that's so true. They really aren't. Yeah, really. The only one of the only cutaways that I remember was that really awful? My mind totally blown as his oh, brain yeah. pops out of his head. <laughs> like, if you're gonna like. <laughs> That's like it's the most and stupid, like, but I love the image of him holding his brain. The image of his of his brain is fine, but I feel like the like my mind totally blown. Like that's such a like old person trying to write millennial humor thing happening right there. It was I don't know. I, it I is like also if I'm going to be nitpicky, it made no sense because it was like when Doctor Strange put on his costume by throwing the Eye of Agamotto around. Yeah, what the fuck? So that like wasn't, that that was the weirdest thing you've seen today. 
<laughs> right. He's still not convinced. He still continues to doubt everything he's seeing. Whatever. Yeah, it's dumb. I didn't like it. Yeah, I think maybe this episode is kind of sloppy. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the nightmares we see, uh, some more entertaining than others, I would argue. White Tiger is having a classic never went to class but has a final like tomorrow anxiety dream with Coulson and his head Fair. is very large. It's terrifying. Fair. Fair. Yep. I've, I've had, minus the Coulson with the head thing, I've definitely had that dream plenty of times. For sure. I actually really appreciate this next one because we never get any Power Man characterization, really. Uh-huh. But Power Man's nightmare is him holding up a skyscraper, like a full skyscraper, uh, from crashing down on his teammates. And he is saying over and over that he will not let them down. I will not let you down. I love that because that gives yeah. us the only insight we've ever had into Power Man's psyche in this mm-hmm. whole show. I like and that's lot, exactly yeah. kind of what I want from from him and his characterization. Mm-hmm. And then because Nova can't have anything sincere ever, um, he his nightmare is being terrorized by a hundred white rabbits that are just staring at him. And it's it's meant to be a joke. It's not that funny. I also think that it would be terrifying to have <laughs> a dream where suddenly your whole room is full of one particular animal. Have you ever had a dream where like, I don't know what this says about me, but have you ever had a dream where like, you realize you just have so many more pets than you thought you did. And you mm-hmm. like turn around and there's like another pet. And then you turn around, there's another pet and you're like, yeah. I'm not like scared or upset, but this is incredibly unsettling, unsettling yeah. because did, does this mean I forgot about you? Like I forgot I had you. Have I not been taking care of you? Like, yeah, I guess that's what it says about me is like, I care about my pets, but I, yeah. I could see where this actually would be unsettling. <laughs> yeah. I've had those it's just Nova. Before. So it's not anything. Yeah, I also like this is not this is like so out of context from the show, but like there's a really I I mean, I feel like relatively famous uh bit from Buffy where like one of the characters that's like a former demon and therefore like, you know, kind of a badass or whatever just has this absolutely like nonsensical fear of bunnies like and it's in the exact same oh. way as Nova and like that's, you know, and and but the thing is like they just do those jokes way better in Buffy. Um, that's interesting and, to me though, because that's likely a reference then. Right. Do you think, I I think that they only threw it in so that they could do a rabbit and a hat joke at the end of the episode. Mm. That's okay. the only reason I think that they made a bunnies. Hold up. Um, Is that character's name Anya? Uh, huh. yeah. What a fun, totally unconnected connection. That the character is a spider woman. Name. Oh yeah. Anya is my like for a while she was my number one favorite character in oh. Buffy and she became my I number two. I even know she is. I mean, uh, I didn't watch Buffy, but I feel like I know like generally the cast members. Cause she wasn't in like the first couple of seasons and then okay. she was always kind of like second tier supporting, but she was like in the main credits, you know, okay. for the last few seasons. She's very good. I mean, she's only second only to Cordelia for me, um, but she's fucking fantastic uh, in that show. <laughs> Um, Emma Caulfield play, Emma Caulfield <laughs> plays her and she is and Emma Caulfield is like in WandaVision too. Um, yeah, I definitely recognize her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, also, we're, we're not going to go deep down into this, but I when I searched, you know, Buffy rabbit fear, just because I was curious as to who it was, if it was someone I recognized or what, whatnot. One of the results on Google is how Sabrina the Teenage Witch explains Anya's Buffy fear of bunnies. What? So, you know. Apparently there's some sort of connective tissue there or it is just full clickbait. It's probably full clickbait. It's probably just, (laughs) there probably was just a, 
I don't I don't remember, but I bet there was like just a scary like an bunny with and... a scary bunny, and then it's just sort of like, and see, this is why in a completely unrelated show you could <laughs> justify could a character be afraid of bunnies. Yeah, I feel like that's probably all it is. The internet's garbage. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I like it more if it is a reference, although it doesn't have it to be. It's just it's, a bunch of it's bunnies. Just for the wraparound at the end of the episode for a joke that's not even very good. So yeah. I think that's yep. all it is. Yeah. Yeah, Nova sucks anyway, and who cares? Yeah, I really would love for an episode where he doesn't, but I am not hopeful. <laughs> they seem insistent on making him be like the the butt of <laughs> jokes constantly. Just truly the least likable character yeah. on, on a television show ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, oh, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, very shortly after they arrive in the dream dimension, Nightmare finds them and attacks them with an army of dreamins, which are dream demons. Uh, they're basically just wispy ghosts, which I think is fun. That's cute. Uh, and Iron Fist does explain the classic, if we die here in our dreams, we will be lost forever. So the, if you die in your dreams, you die in real life, sure. uh, classic thing. Fine with it. Uh, yeah. I, it, it raises the stakes. The stakes are always there mm-hmm. if you cannot die in a dream, but mm-hmm. think that you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. We also get Doctor Strange attacking with a barrage of famous strange spells, none of which I can remember the names of, uh, you know, the chains, stuff with the eye. Yeah. Uh, things like that. But the group is ultimately overpowered and separated from each other when Nightmare turns his steed into a giant spider, which I thought pretty was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool too. Like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Um, this is a, it's a funny section because like during all this, Iron Fist just like kind of wanders off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my favorite part though, like I don't you can, understand. It's so stupid. Okay, my favorite part though is that like I can exp- I can. I can comprehend like Iron Fist was just too tempted in a very dreamlike way to walk through the door. Right. Like I can get that. Um, It's I wish they could have played a little more effectively. Like he actually was like in a mysticism kind of way. But like whatever I can I can comprehend that. What I think is so fucking funny is that that happens. And then Spider-Man as Doctor Strange is fighting off a giant fucking spider instead of trying to help or doing literally anything. He just kind of casually walks over. He's like, huh. Where did Iron Fist go? And then just like casually just walks through this door like without paying attention. Like he's not really tempted weird. by he's not tempted by a dream or anything like that. He's just like he just gets distracted is what it plays as and it's really bizarre. It's really strange because they make such a point to be like Doctor Strange makes such a point to be like we have to stay together. His tactic will be to separate us and if he can do that, he will defeat us. And then Iron Fist wanders off and Spider-Man just follows him. And it's not and, and, played and enough like ways. a joke either. Like it, right. it, it, they, they could have played it for humor and they kind of don't. It's just like, uh, we got to get him through the door. So Spider-Man just goes through the door. Like, that's it. Well, <laughs> and then what ends up being especially weird is that they, I was going to say, what is the explanation they have for Iron Fist wandering off? But they don't actually they don't offer one. Really? I, it's yeah, weird I just too, because there are ways lines. you could do it. Like if it, if it, if you know, if if these are somehow, uh, I mean, they're not avatars because they explicitly say that they are in the dream dimension, even though everyone else's re- like selves in this dimension are avatars because they're asleep at their desks. Like you could have explored something there, but you'd have to tweak that. You could have had something if you had established any characterization for Iron Fist to this point um, that had him longing to go back to Kunlun, missing his master at Kunlun, having some sort of like fear of being disconnected from Kunlun or his teachings or whatever, then you could easily explain this. But they don't ever characterize anyone 
who isn't like Spider-Man or White Tiger or like the typical Spider-Man cast that you can't even derive an explanation for why Danny would do this. Like we yeah. can't even fill in the blank. You could, they also could have just, if they didn't want to, <laughs> if they didn't want to give him characterization, they could have just had the spider just knock him through a door and Spider-Man goes after to save him. And then once he's in the dimension, then suddenly he's like wrapped by being in the dimension and it takes well, over his mind and he gets stuck. Right. Because what's weird is Spider-Man follows him specific. And this is, I think important, especially integral to my confusion over like kind of what this episode says, yeah. but like Spider-Man follows iron fist specifically to say, this isn't real. Do not believe this. Do not be tempted by anything you are seeing. And I don't know where the switch was that Iron Fist would believe what he is seeing. It's really like, weird. And, and here's the thing. I don't know where else to put this. So I'm going to throw it out here and then maybe it will kind of color what we're talking about moving forward. Uh-huh. It, it begins to set up in this moment when Iron Fist walks away and Spider-Man insists that nothing he's seeing is real. Don't fall for what you're seeing, all that sort of stuff. It sets up a familiar sort of uh, tension between if you are trapped in a dream world is what you are seeing all fake and you just need to acknowledge that it is fake and therefore doesn't have control over you or is what you need to do acknowledge that it is real so that you can actually confront it right either one of those things can be valid right so this is where I started wondering like okay is this episode going to be about spider-man accepting that magic mysticism dreams the dream world are all real they are all reality and once he can confront that he can actually effectively fight against it Mm -hmm. or is it which to me makes more sense given you have two other heroes saying that it is real (laughs) or is it going to be the sort of more classic nightmare scenario um where once you can recognize that you are in a nightmare or in a dream your fear can sort of be dispelled because it isn't real and it can't hurt you right this kind of begins to set it up because Spider-Man seems to be operating under the understanding that if Iron Man or Iron Fist, damn it, I did it too. Yep. If Iron Fist believes what he sees, that that is detrimental and he will lose control over himself. But that isn't where the episode ends. Like that's not like it's 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 weird. It's all weird. And there's no explanation for why Iron Fist suddenly would wander off. Even if Iron Fist does believe that the dream world is another reality. Why would he wander off? Why is he bothered by anything he's seeing? Even if it's real, he knows what the real Kun Lun is versus the dream dimension, which can be real, but also not his Kun Lun. Like, it's all very confusing to me. I don't understand what they were trying to establish here. Yeah, and I would have no issues with, like, Iron Fist, you know, being confident in, you know, being being very confident that like I know what's going on I know it's a dream it's not a dream blah 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 and then still getting swayed one way or another and then getting caught up in it or something right like I'm I'm totally on board with that I think that's a really common structure and then then it's a fun conflict of like the guy who thought he he knew all about the stuff is stuck in it while Spider Man who like is a newcomer to magic stuff has to be the one to kind of help him pull him out of it like yeah easy story easy to do it. It is just weird but this is that where like, it sort of loses really... any sort of actual Iron Fist focus. Like this, it it, right. it begins to be an Iron Fist episode, but it doesn't end an Iron Fist episode. And this is where it could have become yeah. an Iron Fist episode. 
Yeah, it's see, and it, yeah, it seems like very. It seems like a this episode. I think overall feels like a weird mishmash of different concepts they wanted to throw in. Like somebody either was given or came up with the idea to do a Doctor Strange episode and be like, why not have you know? It, I think logically it makes sense for that to also be an Iron Man focus since he is part of the team that he's the one part of the team that uses magic. So those two things make sense. But then like everybody who was right, the the five writers who wrote this had like a different idea for what that could be. <laughs> You know, yeah. and then just like it never gelled. It's also just like we talked, we've talked so much about the, the push pull and stuff of like editorial versus what man sure. of action seems to want to do. I don't know that I feel that in this episode. I think this episode really just feels like they just needed a second pass at the script and then ran out of time and had to just do what they did with it. Like it just it feels just like a messy episode. It yeah. feels sloppy and messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And I don't even hate individual pieces and I love thematically what they're exploring, even though I don't understand thematically where they end up. Because, like, you do at least end up getting this scenario where Iron Fist does wander off, ends up in a dream version of Kun Lun. We do get to see his master, who he's referenced before, in the form of Shao Lao, who mm-hmm. is Nightmare in Disguise, which means Mark Hamill also voices him. And then he has to do, like, dream battle with his own master while, like, confronting his own fear of, like, being disconnected. Uh, being weak and dishonorable by having left Kun Lun or by working with other people who don't even believe in magic. Like there's interesting stuff there, mm-hmm. um, but it's not ultimately about Iron Fist. So I don't know that we ever get a satisfying conclusion to it. It's, it's yeah. really weird. Um, and then, and it, then you end up having Iron Fist like fully wrapped up in this and you could argue, and I think they kind of allude to this. You could argue that even though the three of them are their real actual selves traveling through the dream dimension, they're not avatars, right? These aren't astral versions of themselves. Right. That at a certain point when Nightmare gets powerful enough, and they do begin to explore this, when he begins to be powerful enough, he can affect their actual selves inside the dream dimension, but they don't, I don't think clearly enough call that out here to explain that that's what's happening to iron fist. They eventually kind of explore that with Dr. Strange, but Dr. Strange never loses himself in the way that iron fist does. Dr. Strange just loses abilities and is fully aware of what's going on. It's, it's weird. Cause like, I think you can sort of come up with explanations. Iron Fist is not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme. Iron Fist is a teenager. But I do think when you have, and you sort of said this earlier, like when you have these clearly defined spaces and one of them is one that doesn't really follow any rules, you almost have to be more clear about where rules do apply or where they're broken. Yeah. Um, and they're just not doing that at all. So no. you could have ended up with this weird surreal episode that goes fully a hundred percent into the weirdness factor, the whole frump of it all. Right. Where like oh, nothing God, has please, to make yeah. sense because everything is absurd, but it doesn't do that either. Like it seems yeah. like it wants to make sense, but doesn't at the same time. Yeah. And if it wanted to make sense, then they could have just had more fun with just like characters being tempted by dreams and stuff rather than. Yeah walking through a door for some reason and just like not explaining why they did anything yeah. that they did, you know, it's strange. So, yeah, I mean, iron fist ends up in this situation. That's ultimately like the result of, of everything we've been talking about and trying to parse out is just that like iron fist has wandered off and is fighting a fake version of his master is yeah. totally 
wrapped up in his own nightmare has it's lost just to get his him, sense of it's just, being in the dream dimension. It's just to get him out of the way so Spider-Man can be the star of the final act, basically. Exactly. Because, <laughs> right, because Spider-Man gets kicked out of Kun Lun, or the dream version of Kun Lun. Like, Shao Lao, a.k.a. Nightmare, in disguise, like, recognizes that nothing is affecting Spider-Man in the Kun Lun dream world, and so he just, like, kicks him out, like, blasts him fully out of the dream, uh, and back into like the hub where Doctor Strange is fighting Nightmare still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's like so strong. I think at this point, he's like become like a full flame head dude. Yeah, um, he gets beefier. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate. He's been his, hydrated. Like, I appreciate his changing designs in this because then he has Me one too. more at the end of the episode too. I think that's a really cool move. Oh, is this um, not where he like? beefs up yet this is just like no flames. this no but but the, the last one is like when he's starting to die basically oh this, oh, this is like yeah. his like his charged up form yeah it's like full like okay. like flame head beefy dude basically yeah. um and so he's able to even prey on strange's fear which strange's fear is that he's powerless and his magic is merely parlor tricks and they have a little bit of fun surreal stuff because they like literally put dr strange in a like magician's outfit and have cards fly out of his sleeves and stuff yeah. like that which is fun I will also say that, like, they don't clearly define that. I feel like that's me interpreting his fear based on what they show us visually. Yeah, it might not be his fear at all. It might just be like, I'm going to embarrass you by making yeah. you look like a dorky magician, and that's it, and I'm being clever. I feel right. like, actually, I think you are giving them way more credit. Well, than- <laughs> but what's, what's, what's frustrating is they had just established that what was happening to Iron Fist was him giving into his fear. So then sure. they go over here, and something weird happens to Doctor Strange. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good. I like that reading of it, though. I think that. that I mean, that's what they should have done. Yeah, (laughs) I think you. I don't know enough Doctor Strange to know if that is a fear he has. Um, I I think any superhero being afraid of being unworthy of their powers is a great. You could you can apply that to almost any superhero, and it works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I buy it, but I wish I wish it were clearer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But anyway. Since he's got these, now everything he's doing is just like a trick, like roses or card tricks or whatever. Spider-Man's like, great, I guess it's up to me. <laughs> and he tries to take Nightmare head on. And he like literally starts like punching at him. It doesn't do anything. Um, and this is another moment where he, because he's on a, like ineffective against Nightmare, is pleading to Doctor Strange to be like, nothing that's going on is real. Like, you have to believe that you can do the magic because all this shit is fake, okay? So, like, help me out here. And Strange calls back, and this is, again, this is where I start getting confused, or I continue to be confused. Strange's response is, Destiny chose Spider-Man to be there for a reason. Of them all, Spider-Man must believe. Which, to me, feels like a very direct way for them to say the solution to this will be when Spider-Man believes everything is real. Once he believes it's real, he can actually fight against it as opposed to dismissing it as fake. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if that's not the solution, Doctor Strange and Iron Fist are discredited, I would argue. <laughs> hmm. Spoiler alert, that's not where it ends. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. The the transition between this part and the next part, the I do think it's you know I give him credit. Freaking brutal line. I forget what Spider Man says to set it up because I think Spider Man's just like I'll give it a shot or something like that. Um, and then Nightmare is like shot. Perfect word reminds me of someone you once knew. It's like fucking harsh, man. Ooh. Holy shit. <laughs> God damn. Mm-hmm. Like, I was shocked, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it was really brutal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man found dead. 
in the dream dimension. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the the someone that he once knew, uh, of course, Uncle Ben. Uh, yep. So it kind of makes sense that Nightmare is like, well, obviously Uncle Ben's murder is your greatest failure. That's obviously going to be your greatest fear is having to see Uncle Ben again and be reminded of that failure over and over again for all eternity, essentially, which yeah. makes sense in, you know, when it, it makes like I totally see the logic there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I experienced that same terror like that they thought Peter would where it's like, oh, no, this is going to be some real shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But instead of it feeling like real shit. Peter just hugs Uncle Ben and they briefly catch up and they totally ignore Nightmare. I mean, I think Uncle Ben's even like, who's that guy? Peter's just like some dork. You know, like they they catch up as if <laughs> yeah. nothing's going on, which confuses Nightmare because he's like, this is supposed to be painful for you. This is supposed to be devastating you. Um, but Peter is just like, no, man, I live with this responsibility every single day. This is something I've already experienced. I, you, you, can't, you can't make me hurt over this more than I already hurt over this. And so I've turned it into something productive. I've become a hero about it. Um, There's nothing about this you can wield. Yeah. I like it, but don't at the same time. (laughs) There's things about it. I really like, and there's things about it in the execution that I don't. I think I want to hear your thoughts. I think in a better episode, this would have been a really powerful and, honestly in some ways kind of transformative moment because i think there are versions of spider-man where this wouldn't happen i think there are versions of spider-man that are way more defined by their guilt you know that would just absolutely fucking crumble at just it just like if they had to see uncle ben and just be like you're gonna see him get shot again or whatever Um, really nightmare's big mistake here is that like it's just uncle ben not uncle ben being shot or something like that um Because really, essentially, it's just giving him the gift of hanging out with Uncle Ben for another second, which is just going to empower him. But I do like this like positive spin on like this whole guilt complex that Spider-Man has, where it's sort of like, again, there are definitely, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, if he was in the situation, the dude was just to have a fucking mental breakdown, I think, you know? Oh, sure. Um, like, but this Spider-Man, it's just sort of like the idea of like, I do have a guilt complex in that I feel guilty that I you know, couldn't stop his murder, but I'm not letting that haunt me. I'm letting that empower me and just being like, remember, don't make that mistake again. Remember to, you know, do for other people what you couldn't do for uncle Ben. And I think that that's a really cool spin on it. That is really nice. It's more more positive. It's a lot less tragic. Again, I love my tragic brooding, you know, haunted Spider-Man, but this isn't that Spider-Man. And I appreciate this sort of spin on the exact same origin, you know? See, I think it's, I, I think again, I am, giving maybe a little bit more credit because I think what's interesting to me about this is the implication that he that it's both that it is tragic and it is something that he has spun right like I can see like you mentioned Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker I'm thinking like how Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker could deliver this this Mm -hmm. sort of like no I hurt every single day over this I am constantly in pain over this but I choose every single day to like push through it type of thing sure. you know I, oh, I don't I love that yeah that'd be good. I don't that's think this show goes far enough necessarily but that's how I want to read this that's how I want mm-hmm. to interpret this it's very similar to the Avengers realization um, or Hulk's realization that he has and shares with us in Avengers which is like I can't make my anger go away. I just have to live with it and use it. It doesn't mean I stopped being angry. I think this is kind of that sort of moment or should have been. Um, What I don't love about it, though, is like 
nothing here affects Peter what like whatsoever. Like it was totally ineffective. Like there's no like you said, there's no transformative moment. He's not even like even remotely phased or like there's not even a moment where he is sort of like, what's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like I need to see Peter go through pain or anything like that. That's not necessarily what I'm asking for. But for Iron Fist to be affected um, completely wrapped up, you know, for strange to be affected, even if I, even if I'm attributing more to that, even if it's just that he is affected, it's wild to me that like Peter just rolls entirely with it. There's no moment of fear whatsoever. It's not even like, Oh my God, what are you going to show me? Oh my God, that's my house. And then when uncle Ben walks out, he's like, Oh, Oh, that's it. Great. Like you said, you just, you just gave me the gift of being able to talk to uncle Ben, <laughs> the guy I wish I could talk to every day, you know? Yeah. Something about that. it felt like too fast. Even I, though I well, love yeah. the implication of what he's saying and how he throws it back at Nightmare. I think it was a little too fast. I think I I I I think I might be higher on it than you are cuz I but I, for me I think it was like I was just kind of not feeling this episode and then this happens and there's finally a nugget of characterization and like kind of a different yeah. perspective on Spider-Man that I don't really think even even with dealing with Uncle Ben yet again it feels like it's I don't really feel like I get this angle of it really yeah. explored well, I do love that angle too yeah. I do love that like what you love about it I do also love about it yeah um, but but I think because of that I'm just sort of like hey here's one bright, bright light in this like very dull and muted episode so i'm cool with that but but i but i do think I, that like there's so a better... much potential in this episode and i'm demanding that they fulfill it yeah instead I do of just like accepting a... it as it is there's a better version of this episode that's just like generally more interested in characterization i feel like i feel like dream stuff is like such an easy route to get to know characters and i think this episode really just fucking well, squanders that and except I mean, for with spider-man specifically in this one moment totally and it's it's not the same thing but you've talked about how you love battles within the psyche like yeah. anytime you can get somebody in like in a basically an introspective setting that is also literally a setting they exist in you yeah. can do wild shit with that you know what i mean like you yeah. can do so much because you can represent thoughts and feelings and emotions in a way that you can't if they're existing in the real sort of our reality right yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot with the Uncle Ben stuff. I definitely get some vibes of uh, the intervention episode of Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. And then it just makes me think of like how well that episode handled the, you know, the dream space that it existed in. Right. Um, and, and then I see this and it's just sort of like, obviously, this was never going to be Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, no. And it wasn't and it wouldn't be doing anything close to what that episode was doing. But there's still so much room that they could have played in that they just sort of choose not to. And it's like, if they were going to pivot from so and if it's like, if you weren't going to do this heavy characterization stuff with it, that you could do, then the opposite end of it should be like going full on wacky dream logic with everything. But they choose this weird middle path where it's like not a lot of characterization, not a lot of wacky stuff. So instead it's just like, just very down the middle, not really much anything going on. And then like one little nugget of character stuff for Spider-Man that, like you said, just kind of, just kind of comes and goes really quickly. Like it's part of how Spider-Man defeats nightmare, but like it happens so fast and there's no build up to it that it's like, there could have been so much like oomph to this moment. It's such a good solution to the problem. Yeah. It's a great it's a great solution to the problem, but it's also like they haven't even really been setting a lot of this up because like you were saying earlier, like so much of what all the other characters have been saying is that like you just have to believe in magic, Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And like that's not really a part of it at all. Really, it's just Spider-Man being in a unique position to to defend himself against nightmares 
nightmares, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing yeah. to do with whether he believes in magic or not. Right. Well, and that's what's strange is like, there's a few things that Peter, I, I think they kind of conflate a bunch of things yeah. that I don't think should be conflated for this particular story based on what they're showing us. And I think those things are one magic is real or magic is not real. That's one question. Mm-hmm. I think another question is our dreams is, is the dream dimension an actual place or are dreams fully just things that happen inside our heads? That's a second question. And I think a yeah. separate question, right? Um, and then I think how you operate within the dream dimension, probably based on answering those first two questions, is sort of a third question or a part B to both questions. Right. Um, and I don't feel like they necessarily treat those all like separate questions because ultimately, like, the solution is not that Peter believes what he's seeing in the way that Danny or Doctor Strange might say, no, believe what you're seeing because it's real. It's mm-hmm. his own ability to separate magic from like dreams it's kind of strange like uncle we get another sort of flashback moment where uncle ben is talking to a much younger peter parker who just had a nightmare and ben says like nightmares can't hurt us they aren't real and dreams are a thing that we make for ourselves it's how we choose to live our lives which in a way is countering the idea that the dream dimension is a real place and that the things that happen in there can be real and so then spider-man is sort of like oh okay Great, like I'll use that, <laughs> which again is not consistent with what Doctor Strange and Iron Fist said he needed to do. And then we get this specific quote from Spider Man where he says, Sorcerer may be real, so I guess he believes in sorcery now, but nightmares, once you face them, there's nothing to be afraid of. So it just ends in this sort of like weird, I think, muddy place based on a few different things that kind of got smushed together as one question that are separate questions. Yeah, messy episode. Messy I do episode. like, though. There is a detail in all of that uh-huh. where like, and may, again, maybe I'm interpreting this a little too. I, clearly there's something about this episode I find very exciting. You're interpreting um, it like you interpret dreams, basically. I know? guess so. Um, <laughs> I just think it's really exciting and I feel like they had a really cool thing on their hands. I don't think we've covered messy episodes before, but I don't think I've wanted so badly to like take a pass at the story as I do this one because I feel like there's so much good stuff here. There's yeah. a moment where like, the dream that Spider-Man is having sort of transforms into Nightmare's own nightmare, which is that folks' nightmares would have no power over them. Like, that's what Nightmare would be afraid of, is that suddenly nobody cares about their nightmares and everyone recognizes that they hold no power. That's, like, a great thought. I love that. But Mm -hmm. it's sort of unfortunately mixed up in this weird stew of, like, complicated messaging. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I don't know if anything I'm saying even is making sense anymore. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just, it's just, fr- well, it's just, it's a messy, ep- it really just boils down to it's a fucking messy episode with a lot of conflicting ideas and messages that just like don't really jibe together. And then it ends up just being kind of unsatisfying because of all of that. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating because it's thought provoking you guys. You had a thought provoking yeah, cool concept here. There's cool stuff in it. Um, I like that, like, when Nightmare starts to be, like, losing and everything, he's losing his power. Like, that's when he transitions to this, like, zombie husk, basically. It's fun. I love that stuff. It's good. It's good. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, he's basically lost at this point. Doctor Strange regains his powers. They break the spell. Everybody in the city awakens. Um, an iron fist who's like st- still in that like sort of dream state, still fighting Shao Lao. He realizes that like, oh, wait, that's right. My own nightmare has no power over me. I've learned my lesson, I guess. From my this entire belief system has been shattered. It's fine. <laughs> my and whole belief like, that the dream dimension is real and we must confront it. 
Yeah. Never mattered. Shatters all the dream constructs. It's like I could I confront I confronted my greatest fear. It's like, did you? <laughs> did you though? Yeah. Did you <laughs> did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like uh, to see the, the the Iron Fist version of this episode. I think it would end a little differently. <laughs> uh, he would have, I don't know, done anything. Something. Something. Yeah. Poor Iron Fist, man. God. I, I was so excited. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. They really, yeah, they really just like threw him under the bus for this one, didn't they? I, I, I still contend that they threw both Doctor Strange and Iron Fist under the bus. Mm-hmm. Actually, and granted, it's a Spider-Man show. And sometimes in like comics, they'll do that too. Where like, whose name is on the comic? That's who's going to be right. But I don't know. Something about I it felt know. weird to me. There's, It's one thing to like let Spider-Man like save the day. And another thing to like do it in such a way that just like makes Doctor Strange and Iron Fist just completely incapable of doing anything well and wrong about their own realm of expertise yeah (laughs) weird weird episode yeah um but i mean they all get reunited nightmares thoroughly weekend doctor strange traps them in a vessel it's all done all over with nightmares defeated yeah yeah they they sort of drive the moral home one more time uh which i should have written down because now i'm not even sure what moral they drove home um was it that magic is real was it that nightmares can't hurt you? I don't, I don't remember there being. <laughs> I don't remember. This Whatever. Is real bad. This is real bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Ultimately, though, Doctor Strange is like, hey, remember when you were in school? You should probably go back to school. <laughs> so they go back to school, and this is where our episode ends. They find Sam, or they rush back to school, and our episode ends with Sam, Ava, and Luke finding them, the two of them, uh, uh-huh. Danny and Peter, and they find them asleep. Uh, but they're not really asleep because Peter has a rabbit that he uses against Sam because he mm. looked Peter on his dreams. Con- and- conspicuously sleeping with a giant top hat that yeah. no one questions and then a rabbit pops out of it. And I guess that was a prank. How long were you just sitting there with a top hat waiting for <laughs> Sam to get there, Peter, with that rabbit just being trapped in there? Stupid. I don't like it. Also, um, fucked up, man. That was that was Sam's yeah, nightmare. He didn't share deeply, with you. <laughs> yeah, although Sam does suck. So deeply if personal. To, if Sam sucks, if it happened to anyone, it's fine that it happened to him. I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. Still fucked up. It's fucked up. Also, Dumb just not that funny. Dumb, unfunny ending. <laughs> yeah, this episode. This Ultimate Spider-Man. You do not need to end your episodes with a mediocre joke every time. Right. If you don't have a joke, don't end it with a joke. Right. I wouldn't mind ending with a joke. Like the, like the 60s show did did plenty, not always, but plenty of like good yeah. punchlines at the end of the episode. Or just, yeah, you could end it with a pun. I feel like Spolto and Spider-Man's like, it has to be like some kind of physical humor at the expense of one of our characters <laughs> every time. And it's never worked. It's never been funny. Anytime. Is I this, can't think of an episode ending that has ever been funny. Is this like a product of, I don't know when this would fit. I don't think it was 2012, but like. Is this a product of like the ensemble cast that like constantly jabs at each other? Like that's a thing, right? I mean, that's but it been was a like a sitcom thing forever. Yeah, but it. But I feel like. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know, but I feel like there are sort of ebbs and flows, right? Like it's more common. Like the degree to which people are like actively making fun of each other in almost like mean spirited way on a that's TV true. show. I feel like kind of ebbs and flows. Is that what this is supposed to be? Yeah. I think it was, yeah, I guess it was during that period. And does, it feels a little more of a piece of like, 
I wish I had examples. It does feel a little more of a piece of like Nickelodeon, like sitcom, like Drake and Josh kinds of things. I Mm. think I could see ending stuff similarly where it ends with someone, one of the cast members cranking another one. I think it's more akin to that. If you think of like all the shit Miranda Cosgrove's character does to Drake and Josh in that show, yeah. like that shit isn't yeah. nice. It's that, except <laughs> her whole character is meant but it to tends be, to be like, funny, pure, and it's also she's meant to be pure evil. That's what makes it funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I, but and yeah, it. I don't know. This show can be funny sometimes. They just never land their final jokes ever. I know. It's so it's really weird. weird. I just, really weird. I was hoping maybe there was context for it. But I mean, ultimately, if a joke's not funny, it's not funny. So like right. context doesn't matter, doesn't matter here. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah. I don't even remember what I said the ending should have. Been. Oh, it should have ended with them watching uh, Star Wars or something. That would have been a much yeah. better, much better ending. Yeah, would have been nice. But I mean, you can't really end it on like a... You can't end it on an Iron Fist thing, though. It's not like this was meant to be a, a focus sincere moment. Iron, Iron Fist, yeah. Where they he bond with I, each other. Iron Fist doesn't even really get to participate in the joke. It seems like it's just purely a Peter thing. Really, it's just Iron Fist is like Iron Fist too. Maybe oh, yeah, actually I asleep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> justice for Iron Fist, man. I mean, I'm here justice for three of the four. I, actually, you know what? Justice for all four of the characters. I yeah, don't like truly. Sam or Nova, but I do think you could do a better job with him. So justice for the entire yeah. fucking Shield team. Seriously, <laughs> god damn. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I pulled a face of this episode, Beautiful. and it is just the actual nightmare that is Agent Coulson's head getting bigger and bigger. And more detailed and detailed until he's like literally vomiting out papers. I don't think he's actually vomiting them out. I think he's just screaming loud enough that all the papers on his desk are flying. But it just looks like papers are flying out of his huge gaping mouth. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. I mean, I don't like it, but I I like it. I like it in how uh, awful it is. (laughs) Yes, agreed. genuinely freaky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same. stuff. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What what a kind of a weird bummer way to like end our end our our run of Ultimate okay, Spider-Man. <laughs> does it not kind of encapsulate sort yeah. of our whole journey with this show? Like if yeah. you take this episode where it's like you've got some good ideas, you've got some interesting characters, some of the things you've done in this episode are very cool, thought-provoking, interesting, mm-hmm. compelling things, but then a bunch of stuff in between those things kind of feels messy or not thought out or undercutting or selling out i feel like that's how i felt for these 13 episodes is that occasionally there's an episode that hits so right Mm -hmm. um and then between all those episodes that hit so right there's a bunch of messy underthought or undercutting stuff so it kind of is the perfect place to end this run um but it's not necessarily like a fun satisfying individual episode to end it i agree with you too and one thing i was thinking of before we were recording was like I feel like out of all the shows that we've done, this is the most I've ever felt like surprised that we've reached the end of our run of it, that we've watched 13 entire episodes of it. Like there are plenty of times it's like there are plenty of times it's sort of like, oh, you know, this felt real quick getting by it. But like this really feels like I still feel like the show is in its infancy right now. And like in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, sure. It is. It ran for like four seasons and 104 episodes. Yeah. 13 out of 100. (laughs) It is. It technically is. But, you know, a lot of other shows we cover. This is like the entire run of the show or like Mm -hmm. an entire first season or half the show is over. And a lot of other times like. I feel like by by the time you watch 13 episodes, you've got like a pretty full grasp of it. It it does feel like the show has like found its footing and everything. Um, 
I don't feel like that with this show at all. I still, this still feels like the earliest days of a TV show where it's still figuring itself out. Like, like, and I think as a podcast, we have under, we understand it way more than we did in the first episode. Yeah. But I feel like the show itself doesn't understand itself yet in a weird way. And I think because it's done so many piecemeal things, like it has so many different, we talked about on the, on like uh, the Venom episode a few weeks back where they're like so many different tracks that the show seems to follow. Yep. Of like, here's your Looney Tunes comedy episode. Here's your like team up episode. That's serious. Here's your like Venom storyline episode. That's kind of serious. Like it tries to do all these different things at once. And it's like never really found its footing with like any of them really. Yeah. Um, and that's not like to say that the, that that makes the show bad, but it does make it like, kind of hard to really pin down so that so that we get an episode like this where it's just sort of like this really does feel like in a an early episode of a show that hasn't figured out where, what it wants to be yet yeah it's a, a few way. different shows all airing like as one show i feel like yeah exactly and it's just we've, i don't think we've ever had an experience like that with a spider-man show no um before and i probably never will no i i i would be shocked if we did because nothing I mean, this is a un- this is a truly unique show. Like this show is singular within the canon of all Spider-Man cartoons, and that it's the only one really trying to do specifically what it's doing, which is comedy and ensemble cast. Uh, beyond that, it can't really figure out where it wants to be, or that tension is preventing it from landing in one spot. That tension we constantly are talking about. Um, but it is unique. I mean, it is its own thing. We're never going to see this again. Uh, I, I, and I, it never happened to this point. So, I mean, the only thing that could even compare is just like those really old shows that had, that truly had zero interest in continuity. When we say this show isn't interested, that's not entirely true. Like we know that things will be like, will be continued or have continuation, but those old shows had none. So theoretically we could have run into that, but even those had a stronger sense of, of a singular identity, um, or consistent identity than this show does mm-hmm. yep yep yeah but it's Weird fascinating show. i mean it's not a sh- i think the biggest thing is like i do not hate this show i, I like the the way that people hate the show i don't um i feel like it's no, fascinating no, to all. talk about it's, it's, it's like an interesting one yeah way more interesting than i thought it would be i thought it would just be sort of like eh, it's fine we could talk about it we could chat about it but i think what what we're experiencing has made it a fascinating conversation yeah, it definitely we've had conversations unlike any other ones we've ever had before. And I do yeah. think the ups and downs of this show, like it is real peaks and valleys and Ooh, it's super n- high variance. <laughs> right. And and but but what's weird about it, it's not even just like this episode is badly written and this episode isn't. It's like, no, this episode is trying to do a radically different thing than this episode is. Like that and it's it we've just never yeah. experienced a show that is that just just it that is just reaching for just some wildly different types of like ways to tell stories you know like Mm -hmm. it's yeah i I find it very fascinating and i I think kind of an exciting show to cover um and i'm really excited for when we get back to it which i'm sure will probably be sooner rather than later you know so we yeah because we got a lot (laughs) got a lot yeah i can't can't stay on the shelf for too long (laughs) right right (laughs) oh yeah 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 well in the meantime, <laughs> I was trying to think of something that had to do with a shelf, but I didn't want to say that our, our Patreon episodes were just things on the shelf. Um, so that, yeah. you know, didn't land anywhere. But we have a Patreon. 
patreon.com slash walloping web snappers where we do have lots of stuff uh there to listen to most of which is available at just a dollar we talk about comics we talk about movies we talk about video games we talk about all kinds of stuff mostly relating to spider-man but sometimes not even so um if you like what we're doing and just want more of it patreon.com slash walloping web snappers and check out our discord there should be a link in the show notes let us know what you think about this show um, especially uh, if you have a similar experience to us where you can't quite figure out what it is. Not that you don't like it or anything, but just that it's a weird one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you also can reach out to us uh, all over the internet. Derek, where can people find you online? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest every week. And you can, of course, find that anywhere you get your podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. This is a weird thing to plug, but I'll also plug if you're in the Richmond, Virginia area, I'm mm. in a play. I'm in a play that's opening this week. Um, it's called How to Bruise Gracefully. Uh, we're doing it with the uh, Cadence Theater Company at Dominion Energy Center. Um, and it's a really, really, really good show uh, that's running from May 11th to May 21st. So I don't know if you happen to be around Richmond at the time. I think it's definitely uh, worth checking out. Um and if you're not in Richmond, you're out of luck and you're missing a great show. So sorry. And I'll cut this if I'm wrong. But also, if I'm not mistaken, directed question mark, written question mark, one of the two or both by a Falling With Style guest. Am I- yes. Yes. It is directed by Melissa Mowry, who guested on our uh, Soul episode. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. She is directing the show. Um, yeah. And sh- uh, she's a great director, <laughs> first of all, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great show. So yeah, definitely a pod. I didn't even think about that. Good call. Code call out. That is a podcast, genuine podcast connection yeah. to that play. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Doug? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road here on the 4 Eyed Radio Network where I talk about Pokemon. And you can check me out on Novel Gaming, a podcast where my friend Katie and I catch up on all the books and video games and sometimes other pop culture that we are uh, consuming. So uh, check that out. Also check out that monthly podcast Falling With Style, uh, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watched every Pixar film chronologically. Um if uh, you know we're actually quite quickly approaching when the next episode should be because elemental comes out early summer and we're almost there so uh, if you have to catch up (laughs) if you have to catch up on falling with style now's the time (laughs) all those episodes are out now and you can uh find those wherever you listen to podcasts you can also find them on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com with a full archive of those episodes and these walloping web snappers episodes as well as the faces of the episodes so you too can see uh, agent colson's terrifying face um <laughs> screaming at you uh follow us uh on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod or email us at walloping web snappers podcast at gmail.com and of course Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too and they just haven't found us yet and those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Hey, guess what? Next week, we have another Ask Us Anything episode uh, where folks will just ask us stuff and we will just chat about our answers. Nice casual way to follow up the ending of this chunk of episodes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It'll be fun. See you there. See ya.